0: Blog talk radio well bless the lord everybody bless the lord you are now live with the word on wednesday I am pastor Winfred burns and we are about to get to it get to it get to it uh, last week we talked about um, how to walk in your anointing And you are anointed. You have been anointed to serve God in some capacity. Uh, God has placed you in the body as he has seen fit, and he has anointed you. Anointing meaning set aside for service. He has equipped you by the power of his Holy Spirit to go forth and do His work. And so we talked about, again, how to walk in your anointing. Now tonight, what we'll do is we will discuss how to guard your anointing. And in guarding your anointing, what you are doing is you are remaining focused, you are staying true and faithful. And you are not allowing obstacles to cause you to take a detour and move to the left or to the right. But just like Jesus, you will fix your face upon that which you have been anointed to do, and you won't move away. Amen? So, before I go any further, here's what I need you to do first. I need you to Press the share button That's right, share this Share this word With somebody tonight I'm sure that they, again All over the land There are people who want To get a greater understanding Of what God has called them to do And either because They can't get to their church Or their church doesn't have a Bible study Or they feel kind of uh because they don't have the, the knowledge base that some of the people in the Bible study will have. And so they'd rather be anonymous. Whatever the reason, really don't care. But what we do care about is sharing the word with them. So if you could, swipe that share button. Let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to dive right back into 1 Kings chapter 2. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. God, we bless you and we praise you and we give you the glory. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Tonight, Father, as we come to you, we come asking that you would feed us until we want no more, that you would teach us your word, that you would show us the things that we need to know. And then write them on our hearts in such a way that we just don't forget them, but not just have that knowledge, but that we do, that we do what you tell us to do. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you would, open your Bibles to, um, open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 2, and that's where we'll begin reading, Um, again. We covered verses one through five last week, and uh, one through four last week, and so now we're going to pick up at, uh, at First Kings chapter two, verse five. Now, the first part of the the first four ver- verses was David instructing Solomon how to walk in his anointing. Now, th- now he's going to tell him this is how you guard your anointing, and watch this because. If you've got your Bible open, you're saying, really? Watch. Moreover, verse 5, Moreover, you also know what Joab, the son of Zeru- Zeruah, did to me, how he dealt with the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jephthah, whom he killed avenging in time of peace for blood that had been shed in war and putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and on the sandals of his feet. Act therefore according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to Sheol in peace. But deal loyally with the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother." And there is also with you Shemiah, the son of Gera, the Benjaminite from Behoram, who cursed me with a grievous curse on the day when I went down to Mahanam. But when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, do not hold him guiltless. For you are a wise man, you will know what you ought to do with him, and you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. So, the first thing thing that David tells uh, Solomon is how to walk in his anointing. Then he moves from talking about uh, how to walk in his anointing to how to guard his anointing. And he tells him, you need to deal with the enemies that will hinder your walk with God. You need to deal with the enemy that will hinder your walk with the Lord. What does he mean by that? Well, David identifies um, two people who will hinder his walk with God. He identifies Joab, and he identifies Shimei. Joab, it details what Joab did. He said, what did they say he did? He killed Amasa, and he killed Abner. And he did it in a time of peace. He killed Abner when Abner was sent out to deal with a rebel, that was causing problems in the kingdom. After David had dealt with Absalom, he killed well, he killed Abner, the son of Ner, But when Abner came over to bring Benjamin to David and form a coalition, so they could solidify the kingdom, but because Abner had killed. Um, Uh, Joab's brother, Ashael, um, in a battle. In a battle, Abner avenges himself in that battle uh, for what, um, uh, uh, excuse me, Joab avenges his family by killing Abner in a time of peace. He tricks him into coming back to the gate and then he just kills them right then and there. And there were some political political ramifications for that that caused a disturbance and a fracture in the kingdom because, remember, David was uh, ascending to the throne, and he was trying to consolidate the tribes, and he was trying to be who God had called him to be, who God had anointed him to be, But here was Abner, yeah, I mean Joab, excuse me, I'm getting them mixed up now. Here was Joab saying, you know what, I got something I got to take care of. I don't care anything about your anointing. I don't care, Uh, all I care about is me and my family and what this guy did to me. And so Benjamin would always be suspicious of David. And you will see that, that, that and the, one of the reasons why he, they were suspicious of David, by the way, was because Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin, and they believed that the rightful heir to the throne was someone from Benjamin and not from Judah. And so there was that little thing going on. And when he kills Abner, when Joab kills Abner, there's just an upheaval. And so it was a threat, and it was a constant threat to David being who God had called him to be and doing what God had assigned him to do. So David goes back on his deathbed, and he said, you got to deal with those people who will stop you from doing the things that God has commanded you to do. Namely, you gotta deal with Joab. Joab is a and and we, we're dealing here with a, a person, but Joab is a spirit in your life. There are spirits that are assigned to people to come into your life to hinder you from doing what God has assigned you to do because They have a different agenda and they want to they want to interrupt what you are doing, what you've been called to do, so you could help them or you can become the vehicle or you can become the platform for them to accomplish their agenda that has nothing. Planting a church down in Cincinnati. And there was a specific thing, there were some specific things that I needed to do. And the people, some of the people that were surrounding me, had a whole nother agenda. And they 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 learned to dislike me. They learned to dislike me because I would listen to what they wanted to do if I could help them without without sacrificing what God had called me to do, I'd help them. But if it had nothing to do and it was going to draw me away from my purpose, then I'm like, no, I can't do that. No, that's not what I'm called to do. I knew what I had to do in life, in life. Now, that's that's my life. My life is ministry, okay? My life is ministry within the body of Christ. Now, some of you have been assigned and are anointed to do things in the marketplace, and you have assignments on your job. You have, assign- you have gifts to do certain jobs that will bring glory to God. You have talents that will bring glory to God. You have people that are going to watch you. And then you, there'll be people that come, and they'll say, oh, you do that good, but you do this over here even better. Don't you dare listen to them. If your job is making pies, and God has anointed you to make the best pies in the world, but you know how to make a cake, but your anointing is in pies, with them pies. Don't let nobody say, well, you know, I like the way you make coconut cake. You ought to make coconut cakes. Your anointing is pies. Stay and walk in your anointing. That's just an example. And, you know, I'm using examples like that because everybody thinks that their anointing is to do something inside the church building. Do you know that some of you are gifted to keep kids and to bring kids? I remember a lady... That used to, she was a choir director, and her ministry was to in a in a choir a choral setting, and she taught us how to sing, but she did more in our lives by taking us various places and exposing us to in various experiences to get us prepared to serve God than any song that she ever taught us. So. I don't know what your anointing is. I don't know what God has called you to do. But whatever He has called you to do, I'm telling you, don't let anyone usurp your anointing with their agenda. Joab does that, and he and David reminds him, this boy then caused me problems, and what he did, but what he did. He deserves to die. Now, you say, well, if he deserved, why does he deserve to die? I mean, he killed this guy uh, 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 because he killed his brother. And the Bible does say an eye for an eye. Well, he did it in a time of peace. When uh, Abner kills and first of all, if you go back and read the story, Abner told Ashiel you better go find somebody else to play with now because I'm not the one. I'm not the one to play with. Go and turn to find one of them young dudes and go fight them. Because I know what I'm doing. And what does he do? He keeps coming at him and got no choice. And it was it was a time of war, but it's also literally self defense. But even more than that, the Bible, the law says that not only should Joab die, but he should have been dead. Uh turn over to I believe it's Deuteronomy. 19 once again I've misplaced my notes but I, I, wanna, I just want to show you this real quick Deuteronomy 19 11 here and you got to go back and you got to uh, go back over in the 1st uh, Samuel and no 2nd Samuel rather and look up this, the story where Joab uh, kills Abner But it says, here's what the law requires when you do something like that. Uh, But if anyone hates his neighbor and lies in wait for him and attacks him and strikes him fatally so that he dies and he flees into one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall sin and take him from there and hand him over to the avenger of the blood so that he may die. Your eyes shall not pity him, but you shall purge the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, so that it may be well with you. You see, David failed to do this. David, when when he killed, when Joab killed Abner, David was supposed to call and kill Joab. But remember what I showed you last week. They were too much for him. What did he say? You sons of Zeruah are too strong for me. Remember that. And so he's telling Solomon, you better get him before he causes you problems. And then there's Shimei. Remember when David was fleeing from Absalom, and Shimei comes up, and Shimei is a relative of Saul, and he curses them. And let me define curses for you real quick. Uh, Well, I got. I, I, I wanted to make sure. Here it is. A curse. A curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment. That's what it means to curse somebody. Again, let me, give, let me give you that definition again because I wanted to make sure that we were on the, you know, sometimes people say he cursed me and all they did was call you a bunch of bad names. No. When we talk about biblical curses, we what we're saying is that this is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm harm, or punishment. So when David says that Shimei, cursed him, he called upon God. He called upon God to inflict punishment on David. That is a curse. He called upon a supernatural being to inflict hurt or punishment upon a person. Now, so what does that mean to you? There are people with and, and and excuse me, let me let me let me make it a little plainer than that. There are spirits that are assigned to people who are who want to hurt who want to speak curses upon you. You have got to deal with them. You must deal with them. And again. Why is David going to tell Solomon to do it? The Bible teaches the law says that you must never curse a king. You never must curse a king or a ruler. You are never to ask me to inflict pain or punishment upon someone who I am anointed to sit over you. hmm Yes. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, the first thing that it means to me is if I'm going to guard my anointing, I'm going to guard my mouth. Instead of me looking at the people that are speaking about me, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at me. Because sometimes... We get angry at the people that are assigned to be over us, okay, to, to lead us spiritually as well as in our government, and we will speak, ask God to do something to them. Mm-hmm. Ooh-wee. How many of us have been wanting God to do something? Donald Trump and have been speaking a curse on Donald Trump. Guilty as charged. Ooh, I've been wanting God to do something to Donald Trump so bad, but there's a way, and that is we can say, God, we trust you in this situation and we know that your judgment is true and we know that you are going to bring justice to the White House. I ain't spoken no curse on him that way. I, no, mm-hmm, I haven't. But what I have done is I've turned him over into the hands of the Lord, and God will deal with him mm-hmm. because he's whether we want to, whether we want to admit it or not, he's in the White House because the Lord allows him to be there. Period. The only reason he's there, and he's, some kind of way he do it, don't, I don't understand why God, God let him do it, but some kind of way he's serving the Lord's purpose. So we're not to speak that way about him or about any of our leaders, our pastors, our bosses at work, anybody. All we can do when, when, they, when they, we know they're doing wrong is, what does he say? Pray for them. That is the response of a Christian even when he is being persecuted, even when he is being wrong. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. That's the word. That's kingdom living right there. That's living under the rule of God. And so here Shimei has broken the law. By cursing David, and when he came back to David, after David came back to the throne, Absalom's rebellion being put down, David said, no, I'm going to let you live. And why does he say that, I'm going to let you live? Because there was a political reason there, too. David knew that he had just dealt with a revolt within the kingdom. And for him to go and deal with Shimei by pronouncing the sentence on him, and killing him, David was concerned that it would rouse up Benjamin, and the next thing you know, he'd have another uprising to have to put down. As it was, he still had another uprising to put down. But he was able to do it because David used wisdom in his dealings. Now, there was a, so there's what do you do? You've got to deal with the folks that's cursing you. You've got to deal with folks that's got a different agenda. And when I say folks – I mean the spirits. You mu- and how do you deal with them? You deal with them by the power of God's words. You deal with them through, through binding and loosing. You deal with them by walking humbly. You deal with them by resisting. What did we say? Humble yourself in the presence of Almighty God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You actively, again, resist means to actively war against. You don't come into agreement. walk by yourself. You align yourself with those who are aligned with the purposes of God. Mm-hmm. How can two walk together unless they agree? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. You find out, when you find out that somebody is going in the same direction that you're going, serving God the same way that you're serving them, then you get with them and you become a blessing to them just like they are a blessing to you. You function in unity within the body. That's how you walk in your... Oh, excuse me. That's how you guard your anointing. And that's how you strengthen yourself as you go to do the will of God. Amen? Let's keep going. I think we got got a few more minutes. Then David slept with his fathers, I'm at verse 10, and was buried in the city of David. And the time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat On the throne of David his father And his kingdom was Firmly established Now that's a quick end isn't it? And Remember I told you that If you looked in Chronicles, Chronicles would Give you more information That would really help you understand All that was going on And it would help you understand um, uh, More about what's going on Between David and Solomon at this time well, I don't have time to do it with you, but if you turn over to First Chronicles chapters 27 and 28 and read those on your own, First Chronicles chapters 27 and 28, and you read those on your own, what you're going to discover is that David and Solomon had some serious conversations, had some serious conversations, and there were some blessings that were passed on to the people, and there was some praise that was that was given to God and some worship that was given to God by David before he died. And it's not captured here, but if you go over into the first chronicles chapters twenty seven and twenty eight you'll get a chance to see it and I'm telling you reading those two chapters will bless your socks off, and it'll help you understand even more that Solomon was not only anointed to continue the kingdom, but Solomon was anointed to build the temple of God. And you'll see the details when you get over there. Now, let's go to verse 13. Then Adonijah, the son of Hagit, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and she said, Do you come peacefully? He said, Peacefully. Then he said, "'I have something to say to you.' "'She said, "'Speak.' "'He said, "'You know that the kingdom was mine "'and that all Israel fully expected me to reign. "'However, the kingdom has turned about "'and become my brother's, for it was from the Lord. "'And now I have one request to make of you. "'Do not refuse me.' "'She said to him, "'Speak.' "'And he said, "'Please ask King Solomon.' He will not refuse you to give me Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. So Bathsheba went to to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. And the king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had a seat brought for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Then she said, I have one small request to make of you, Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as his wife. King Solomon answered his mother, And why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, and on his side are Abiathar the priest, and Joab the son of Zeruah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if this word does not cost Adonijah his life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me, and placed me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house as he promised, Adonijah, shall be put to death this day. So King Solomon sent Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down, and he died. And Abiathar the priest, the king, said, Go to Anathoth, to your estate, for you deserve death. But I will not at this time put you to death, because you carried the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because you shared in all my father's affliction, So Solomon expelled Abiathar from being priest to the Lord, thus fulfilling the word of the Lord that he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Two quick things. Let me deal with the the last thing first. The word of the Lord that he had spoken to Eli was that Eli's family was going to to lose the priesthood and that that the priesthood would be transferred over to Zadok. Well, guess what? Eli, who the line of Eli that had set on the, that had been that had ministered as priest, was kicked out of the priesthood on that day. Abiathar is the last one. And again, go back to um, go back go go back to First uh, Samuel and read the story where um, uh, uh, Eli's sons are. Healing. And he kills Hophni and Phineas in battle And what God says to Eli Concerning him losing the priesthood There it's fulfilled Okay. Now, what about this Why does, why does this thing asking for Abishag Make him so mad? Well, first of all, remember He lets him go He lets him go And the last thing he said to him is If evil is found in you if evil's found in you, you dead. Remember that from from previous chapter. If evil is found in you, you are dead, brother. And that's what that's what he said. So Adonijah comes, and Adonijah I think he's being slick. Adonijah I think he's dealing with a rookie. To ask for the what the concubine of a king is to basically say that I am the king. Now, he thinks he's the rightful king. He thinks that the kingdom has been stolen from him. He speaks these sweet words as if he's in agreement that, you know what, Uh, it should have been mine. It should have been mine, but, you know, I guess the Lord say, no, it ain't none of mine. And so when he does that, he takes this, he's running this con game on Bathsheba. Now, you might say, Now, wouldn't Bathsheba know better than that? Wouldn't Bathsheba know the the rules of the game? I think that Bathsheba not only knew the rules of the game, but Bathsheba was slick as butter. You understand? She wasn't no novice, and she wasn't no rookie. She said, "Mm, this boy right here is a threat to my son, and I know what my son told him already. And when I tell my son what he is what he what he after, my son get him. And so she goes and she sits down and basically said, Yeah, go and give it to him. You know how you know how women rock when they get to the saying stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says such and such a thing. Why don't you give it to him? And Solomon like, What? Have you lost your mind? Get him and kill him. And that's how he rid himself of this threat to his anointing. Well, I gotta stop right here. I gotta stop because I've gone a little bit further than I need to. Uh, next week we'll pick up right where we left off because there's still yet more that he's got to deal with. But the thing that you've got to do to guard your anointing, one. Deal with them folk that, for, that are for themselves and not for the Lord. Two, deal with them folk who are trying to curse you, who are trying to ask a, a supernatural power to come down and do something to you. Them folk with the Ouija boards, them folk that keep coming to you with them horoscopes, them folks that keep coming to you with them words that ain't from the Lord, that's from the devil. All of them. Deal with them. You've got to deal with them. And there's only one way you could deal with them. Deal with them according to the word of the Lord. How do you deal with them? Binding and loosing. You identify. You ask the Lord to, to give you spiritual discernment in all things. When you're humbling yourself before the Lord, the Lord will show you exactly who for you and who not. Every time. Thirdly, align yourself with people who are filled with the Spirit of God, who are doing the work of the Lord. And they will identify themselves. You'll know who they are. Some of them you ain't going to like. Hmm. It ain't got nothing to do with their personality. It's got everything to do with God's anointing. Some people, you know, some people that bless my, me the most, are some people that I don't even like. But, oh, because sometimes they have to rebuke me. Sometimes they have to tell me some stuff that I don't want to hear. But they're going in the way of the Lord, and that's the way I'm going. So I just learn to deal with it. But those who are against me, Kick rocks. Amen? We're going to stop right here. We're going to stop right there, and we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll get back at it next week. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. We thank you that you are equipping us, that you are equipping us to not only know how to walk in our anointing, but also how to guard our anointing. Stay focused on what you told us to do. Tell everybody else take a hike. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if there's any questions at all, remember, remember, if you really want to get the full flavor of this, if you really want to get the full flavor of, of this, go over and read first chronicles, chapter twenty seven, and chapter twenty eight, and that'll give you that'll that'll build out your what was going on during that time. Amen? So if there's no questions, if there's no questions at all, then um, I'm going to ask you to make sure that you share this Bible study. I will see you out here again next Wednesday night. This has been Pastor Winfred Burns, and you have been live with the Word on Wednesday. God bless you.